0: incredible guest with us today, Renee Warren, who is an award-winning entrepreneur, inspirational speaker, author, and founder of We Wild Women, a platform that helps entrepreneurs start and scale their businesses. She's also the host of the celebrated podcast, Into the Wild, a program that features curated interviews with women entrepreneurs and provides actionable advice to women who are launching or growing their own dream businesses. Renee firmly believes that the best advice comes from someone who has successfully done it before. I'm with you, sister. Her approach to coaching comes from over 23 years of experience as an entrepreneur in running marketing and PR agencies and in being an unapologetic risk taker. When she's not coaching or podcasting, you can find Renee spending time with her family. In addition, she loves CrossFit travel and refining her drumming skills. Y'all, this is a girl you are going to love. So let's turn it over to our conversation. All right, Renee, first of all, welcome to the show. I am so excited to dig into all of this conversation with you today. Um, before we do, tell us a little bit about, I mean, we just got all the stats, we know you're freaking awesome, but how did you get into this work? How did you get passionate about this stuff? Like what brought you here?
1: Oh, well, It started when I was 17 years old and my mom told me to get a job.
0: There we go. And
1: I thought that being an entrepreneur at the time meant you didn't work a lot and you made a lot of money.
0: Isn't that what everyone thinks? Yeah. And so <laughs> I'm
1: like, okay, is everyone else stupid? <laughs> I'm going to go start a restaurant and so I did it with my sister. We started this like That's seasonal awesome. restaurant for four, four years. Um, we made a lot of money back then. Like we were literally stuffing like $15,000 cash under our bed in a till back in like the nineties. Yes. And awesome. we're like, oh, to me, this is normal. Right? right. And I'm like, at back then I was paying myself. $10 an hour and hourly was probably about like seven something. So it was like good two, three dollars an hour more than what most other people were making. And I'm like, I figured it out. It's 17 years old. This is what it is. But there was something so interesting about having that freedom mm. to create what I wanted to create. Um food industry, though, is something else. It is is very cutthroat. However, it's needed. And if you do well, uh, you can crush it. So it got to a point where it's like, no, we're not doing this anymore in the summertime. Um, I did a typical like college travel, got my first job and I lived in downtown Toronto and it was not what I thought it was going to be. Um, it was a small company, but they were training entrepreneurs. We had big contracts with like staples and big banks and other educational platforms. Um, but for me personally, I, to even go in and to ask for like a two thousand dollar annual raise was like it was crazy. It was hard. I had still had to prove myself. Yeah. Um. And after about two years, it's like I can't do this. Like I see where I can make such a big impact. And it was around the time when Twitter was uh, starting to be this cool thing that people use to, to grow their business, <laughs> to create networks and communities. And funny enough, I hopped on there. I was one of the first million users.
0: Oh my Not gosh. only
1: did I succeed in understanding what it meant to you to actually use Twitter, uh, I met my husband on Twitter.
0: What? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah.
1: So <laughs> that being said, it was like, and I won this like Virgin America influencer because I was a Twitter influencer. And then people started asking me, how do I do this for business? And I'm like, I don't know, but I'll figure it out. And then I started working with like big companies like college pro painters and giving them some digital strategy on how to use social media that eventually spiraled into me, starting an agency that I sold and I started what ended up being like my career highlight company was a, uh, PR tech company. So we worked with funded technology startups, um, from all over the world. And we grew rather quickly, but I had two babies in the same year that I started that business. And after about seven years, I burnt out really quickly, which led me into the business that I'm doing now, where I coach and train female entrepreneurs. Um, but what got me into this was just after I was like, shut down the business, I need to take time off. Well, if you're a serial entrepreneur, the idea of time off is like, ooh, now I can think about the next thing I'm gonna start. (laughs) Right, you're not stopping. Right, and then people kept asking me, "Hey, I need to pick your brain and advice on this about my business." After a while, I was like, I gotta start charging for this because, like, my advice ain't free, and it led me into launching We Wild Women, and my own
0: podcast, and coaching women from all over the world. That is so rad. So many things to unpack. First of all, I love that you're just the type of like, we'll just, we'll just do it and we'll figure it out. Like at 17, are you freaking kidding me? At 17, you had that like entrepreneurial seed planted. And then I love that you took that. Okay. This isn't for me, but this is what I loved about it. I loved this feeling of freedom. I loved this. I loved this. I love this. And then you took that into like each different Avenue and the next step and the next step.
3: Investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at That's corient.com. That's corien o-r-e-n-t.com. Corient.com. I want to
0: unpack some of these mindset shifts that might have happened over the years. So you've learned a lot. You've been through a lot. You've done a lot. And now I love that you get to coach women and walk them through that and hopefully help bridge the gap in such a huge way so that they don't have to spend all the years doing all the things, figuring it out. So first question for you is obviously in entrepreneurship and business and anything, there's seasons of highs, there's seasons of lows, there's you're feeling motivated, you're excited, you're burnt out, you're exhausted, you're overwhelmed. How do you deal with so many of that, like that emotional roller coaster? How do you deal with all of it?
1: Yeah, the most important thing, and I know people are going to hate hearing this, <laughs> but it is really focusing on your physical and mental health.
3: So oh that means gosh, yes. working
1: out, eating well, taking your supplements, drinking your water. And turning off social media, like the comparisonitis is probably the worst thing. So the ebbs and flows come from, especially as creatives, is like, we're not motivated. We can't think of anything creative to do with our, in our businesses or promoting ourselves. It's okay to take a little break. Yeah. And I encourage people to schedule that in quarterly to take a long weekend off, completely disconnected to reset. Um, the other thing is asking for help. Mm. And that means delegating, right. You know, the Eisenhower matrix do done delegate delay. Like what are the things that you should be focusing on today that actually helps your business move forward? So, um, if you've ever read the book, um, was it, was it called profit, not profit first. It was Mike Michalowicz, um, Oh, run like clockwork. So he talks about how each person in the organization has one specific role. It's called the queen bee role. It's like the only thing you do in a day that you need to be doing, if nothing else mattered. And that's the focus So think about like a beehive, right? You have the queen bee, her role is just to reproduce. Well, all the other bees, their role is to protect the queen. It's very simple. And then they have their tasks. Yeah. So in the asking for help, when you see, when you see overwhelm coming, when you're unmotivated and there's the ebbs and flows, it's like, what am I delegating today, this week, this month, so that I can only focus on the thing that I know that just like completely, um, gets me in my zone of genius. Yeah. And that could mean outsourcing to a contractor. It could mean hiring somebody new. It could be just not doing something in your business for, you know, a couple of weeks just to take a break, but understanding that the most important thing that you're protecting is your time and in business, especially small businesses, is we often do busy work because it allows us to feel productive. But if you don't actually look at your hours per profit, then you realize, oh my gosh, the time that I'm doing this isn't actually making me money. So why am I doing this?
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is huge. So I'm going to dig into this a little bit more. What about the person who's like, okay, well, that's great. And fine. You're telling me to delegate. You're telling me to clear off some stuff, but what if I can't afford to right now? What if I'm not making enough income to justify paying someone to do some of these things that are burning me out or that I hate. Right. What do You say to them, it's, you have to look at what you're actually working on.
1: So if you have a service-based business, what offers do you still offer that aren't actually paying the bills? And so it's, first of all, it's like, maybe you shouldn't be doing that work Mm. or if you know, you should be doing is you need to be charging more. And so the moment you can actually do exactly what you're doing, but make more money is the moment you realize you can delegate. So when I ran my agency, I remember there was one week that we had so many sales calls that we're actually telling people, oh no, we can't start for another month or two or three. And they're like, we need help now. And I went home and I was like telling my husband, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I need to hire more people, but I won't have time to train them up. What do I do? He goes, raise your prices. That's like the first signal to raise your prices. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what's the formula? Like how, what do I do? And at this point we had like pretty basic packages that were like 5k a month on a six month retainer. And if you do just this, or if you do content NPR, it's this. And he goes, just double it. And I'm like, what That's <laughs> absurd. And so the next day I was on a sales call with my co-founder and her and I had talked about what we're going to raise our prices, but we never actually agreed on anything. And then it was the end of the sales call and the guy was sold and he's like, okay, send me the contract. But first, how much is this going to cost me? And I looked at her in the eye and like, I mouthed the word, holy F I'm like, (laughs) My God, this. So, I'm like, um, it's 10k, it's 10k a month on a six month retainer. And she looked at me and she's like, "What, the, what, what?" We didn't, and he goes, "Yeah, yeah, that's great, awesome. Just send over the contract. Let's get started right away." And we hung up the phone, and I'm just like, oh, what? What just <laughs> What just happened?" <laughs> and immediately, as a women, we defaulted into thinking, "Oh, now we have to do more work. Mm. Now we have to offer more stuff." Because we don't think that they're going to get the value. Here's what happened. We didn't, we kept doing the same work, but with maybe like a little bit more hustle. Right. And we got paid more for doing the same amount of work. And I was like, I hmm, love that. Okay. So yes, there's people listening. They don't have the money to be able to outsource or delegate, but the immediate thing to do is just take like a, a checklist of your time. Where, where are you delegating your time? What things on that list don't actually do anything
0: for your business? I guarantee you it's like 80% of your list. It's true. Huh? Yeah, it's It's simple. And even like even in asking for help, it's not always paying for paying someone to do things. It's like asking your kid to do more around the house so you have an extra 30 minutes to plug (laughs) into something that moves the needle forward instead of cleaning up for the 89th time. Like sometimes it's the littlest little tweaks. But I love that you're like, no, you got to figure out where your time and energy needs to be spent. Because Mm -hmm. I think that is such a common mistake, especially for entrepreneurs that are trying to do it all. They get into this rhythm and this routine of like, this is what I do. And this is what it looks like. And I'm going to check the box and I'm going to go through the motions. And it's like probably 80, like you said, 80% of those activities are no longer even needed at this season of your journey of this season of your business. And the 20%, yes, the 20% that you're like, oh, I don't have that much time for that. Or, oh, I need to be doing more of this. Do more of that. Move the needle forward faster. Get more people in the door. And the bottom line matters. And I think a lot of, especially women, we're talking to a lot of women, metrics freak them out. Knowing the numbers freaks them out. Knowing like what they need to sell, what they need to make Mm -hmm. profit. Like, how can we speak to that for a second? Like, have you ever dealt with any of that? Or have you just always been very comfortable with, Hey, I want to make income. I want to do this. I want to make an impact. I know it's all in line. Like what, how, yeah. what does that look like for you?
1: So it's interesting. Cause men always look at a business. This is just my oh, numbers. Men's like oh the numbers. Oh, yep. the revenue, <laughs> oh, the sales. And women are like, whose life have I changed today? Yeah.
3: <laughs> yep. How am
1: I making this person happy? <laughs> Oh, I'm in the red this month. That's okay. You know, people are happy.
4: <laughs> not so a business, true.
1: right? So true. Hobby. Um, the first thing I do with anybody I work with is we start with the finances. I and I ask that. them the question, "Oh, okay, so what do you want to make this year?" And they're like, "Oh, my god, I never thought about this." I'm like, "Broad <laughs> number, what is it?" "Well, um, I don't know, like $75,000. Is that too much? I don't know." And I'm like, no, we need more. Like we need something that's achievable, but uncomfortable. Yes. And then when we take like, say a hundred thousand dollars, what they'll make in their first year, then we work backwards. It's like, what does that mean? You have to make every month. Right. And like, when can you start making that? Oh, and then your, your packages are 2k for six months. Well, Then you have to sell this spending and so many people you have to coach or service, whatever. Then when they actually start seeing that they're like, oh, they understand yeah. the work that needs to go into it. And we start scrappy. I'm like, do you know five people now that could buy this service from you? They're like, yeah, but I don't have a website. I'm like, I don't care. Call them up, send them a PayPal link and get started. Oh, but I don't have my program outlined. Who cares? (laughs) Make it up as you go. Nobody knows and nobody cares because all (laughs) they want is the results. Yeah. Right. That's all they want is the results. And you don't have to have it figured out. Does not have to be beautiful. You just got to do something. Right. It's better to ask for forgiveness than yes. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. Taking a quick time out from the show to make sure that you know that right now I am filling my next month's spot in my virtual gym. This is my space where I get to coach my clients, where I get to help you get aligned with simple workouts and solutions to your fitness and your nutrition and your mindset and supplements and everything that I love and have used personally for the past eight and a half years and will literally use for the rest of my life. Because of how quick and efficient and simple they make healthy living, this is where I help you get aligned with these solutions. And then I support you and coach you and mentor you on your journey. So if you are ready to get on a direct path to reach all of your health goals while fully living your life, yes, you can still continue to have um, your favorite treats and your favorite things and we'll teach you how to incorporate those and it's not deprivation or anything like that. Like I want you to enjoy the process. So we'll make sure you figure out how to do that. If you're ready to take out the overwhelm and the complexity, when it comes to creating healthy habits for your family, not just for you, but really involving your family as well. And if you want to align yourself with a community of incredible women to lock arms with and journey with alongside throughout every season of life, then the virtual gym is where you want to be. So Go to micafulsomefit.com slash get fit to learn all about it, fill out the goal form so that I can learn more about you and we can make sure that you get aligned with exactly the right game plan to get you started. I can't wait to chat. And I, and, and I feel like, just like you mentioned, the guys, <laughs> business <laughs> is income. It's like, there's a reason they go to work. They clock in, they build the business, they make the money, they pay the bills. Women, it's always got to be so freaking emotional and that can work for you. If you really get good at tuning into your purpose and your impact and how that equals the metrics, it can really work for you. If you're so in line and feeling like you're called to do this work and then you're like, okay, sweet. So that means I got to impact 49 people this month. I'm going to get to work. Or it can work completely against you and they can shy away and shut down. And I'm in this for this, not money. And then, and anytime I ever hear that type of chatter, I'm like, well, hold on. Hold on. Well, you're missing the boat. You're taking away time from your family to build a business, not just for fun, not just for the feel goods, hopefully to freaking build a life for your family, which means income, okay? You gotta get real with yourself. So if you're not sacrificing one thing, you're sacrificing another. So lots of times women will be like, oh, well, I'm not willing to sacrifice this, but I'm willing to sacrifice that. And if you're taking away time at all to build a business and you're not making money, you're already doing a disservice to your family because Mm -hmm. it's not helping move the needle forward on life. No. And so you're just rationalizing the, oh, but it's a passion project. It's a hobby. It's a this, which great. I'm glad you have something that feels good, but I bet un- underneath all of that, if you actually unpack it, you do want to make money and you need to get clear on what you're going to do with that money in order to get over some of those money mindset roadblocks and get over the hump so that you can get on with your life yeah. because well, you could do both. Here's what most people want. I don't care who you are.
1: This is what they want. They want time freedom. And Absolutely. that's one thing you can't change. It's constant. You can make more money. You can make less money. You can gain weight. You can lose weight you can get muscle. You cannot change time. So in making enough money to pay the bills, to hire the people, to help you do the work gives you that time freedom. And I want to say one story is there was one woman I was coaching years ago. She wanted to be a doula. And one of the first questions I asked her was like, what's your three to five year goal in this? She's like, I just want to make, um, like $45,000 a year. And I'm like, why, why 45,000? She's like, well, I know I grew up in poverty and that's $5,000 a year, more than anybody in my family's ever made. And I want them to be proud of me. And I'm like, so why not make a million dollars a year? She's like, that is so selfish. Mm. And I go, how about this? You make a million dollars a year cut yourself a check for 45,000 and you donate the rest to charity. That's not selfish. She goes, Oh, and then it just clicked. Yeah, She's like, ha, this makes sense. So we have like in in the book, the big leap, we have these like internal thermostats where it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm only worth X amount of money and we do everything we can to throw grenades in our businesses. (laughs) As soon as we reach that for me, it's like used to be a hundred thousand dollars. And I was like, Oh, Nope. Can't make more than that. So I'll do something so that I jeopardize growing my business. And then I did the work and then it was like 150 and then 200, but it's true. We all have that internal thermostat. And especially for like the feminine energy, it's like, I want to help. I want to just like, make sure everyone's happy and healthy and living a great life.
0: You can actually make a bigger impact if you make money. Totally. I I had my own set of money stuff that I had to get through. And it was like a whole new world opened up. When I finally did the work to unpack all that crap, that was totally keeping me stuck. Yep, Totally (laughs) keeping me stuck. And it's like, you do, you see the world through your lens. So you don't see it, how Sarah sees it, or Rachel sees it, or Chelsea sees it. You see it, how you see it, no matter what, if you're, you can be looking at the same thing, but as soon as you do this internal work, this mindset work, the personal growth, the breaking through beliefs that you're conditioned to oh my freaking gosh, you unlock so much of your potential that you don't even know is in you right now. And it's the coolest freaking thing ever.
1: Yes. And I'd love love to segue into the thing that I know we really want to talk about right now is these preconceived notions of like what it means to be an entrepreneur, a female, but in getting older too. Let's do it. And so I'm 40, (laughs) um, yeah. And what I love about this age, it's the give no Fs forties and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to be that mature 40 year old woman because you start caring less. And it's true, Mm
3: -hmm. right? You just,
1: you stop caring. Um, and one of the things I realized was I spent my thirties stressing about creating this legacy of who I am and wanting my name on a building and being famous and being friends with rich and famous people which sounds dreamy and I'm sure it's great and fun, but at the end of the day, it's like, no one cares, right? (laughs) Like nobody cares you do. And maybe your legacy is actually raising a family that breaks a toxic pattern in your ancestry. Like maybe it's alcoholism that runs through your family and you are the family that breaks that pattern. Right. Or maybe your legacy is being the most supportive, like husband or wife to a very successful entrepreneur. Like it doesn't have to be these big audacious things, but they can be. Yeah. And I think the stress that at least for me put on myself in my thirties was trying to be this like magical unicorn by the time I'm 40, cause 40 seems old and dried, <laughs> washed up and I'm like, oh. And I did a lot of great things. I public speak. I published a book. I won awards. I built a multi million dollar business. It was world recognized. Like I've done these things. Most people don't even know. Most people don't even care. Yeah. You know what they care? They care about you being a nice person. Like that is it. Are you happy with your life? Does it fill you up? That's it. It's that simple. And let me tell you the impact. We're like, I want to help a million women do this, this, and this that's great. You can do it. But sometimes that impact is just on one or two women that end up that motivation, the inspiration for them, they end up impacting 20 and those 20 impact a hundred and those a hundred impact 2000. And like, it's this finite and it started with something that you did and it only changed one person's life. So I think, You need to put less stress on, you know, creating this gigantic legacy or like being this famous person is like, just be yourself. Yeah. Do the best you can do. Don't stress out, (laughs) take time for yourself, but really create the structure in your business to get that time back so that you can be with the people that are the most important people in your world.
0: Amen. men. I love that so much. You talk about living an integrated life. Let's dig into that. What does that mean?
1: Yeah, we actually shot um my husband and I a little mini doc about this.
0: Nice. And I think like this was prior
1: to COVID too. I think COVID really, the pandemic really opened up our eyes to what it meant to work from home. And I think mm-hmm. there was, you know, for women, working women especially, um, it was kind of like this this permission that was now given to us to be able to work and have a screaming kid next to us or like a dried up granola bar on your desk and (laughs) diapers and bottles everywhere. Um, and so like integration means that there's no separation between work and life, because if you're really doing a job, you love it is your life and it's okay to love what you do. Um, but an understanding that, you know, there's family and there's work, you need to pay the bills. But you also have these people that you, you know, your kids or your yeah. husband and wife. Um, and just understanding the connection between the two is that there's overlap and that's okay and that's normal. There's no like clock in at nine clock out of five, right? Not really anymore. Right. Um, and so in creating those boundaries too. But like we like my oldest son, when he was two months old, he went to my husband's first investor meeting. He walked in, the baby threw him on the the big desk in front of all of these investors and is like, meet my son, Max. <laughs> I love it. Right. And they're like, that's I love cool. It. Right. And like we bring our kids to work. My husband, when he goes on work trips, he always brings a kid with him, pegs along. Um, because people like to see too that we have like we have a life outside of work, right? So that integration too, but an understanding like the values in some of our organizations is are you like what we love is hiring people that have a passion outside of their business. And these people are like, they run ultra marathons. They run, they do iron mans. They do all these like crazy activities. And some of them are like professional pickleball players or like they sell like literally like big, like ninja swords online on eBay on the side. It's like, they have something they're passionate about outside of work. They have that like hobby for me, it's playing drums. Like my drum sets right there. So cool. Yeah. And doing CrossFit and like that, that integration is like, I do that stuff during the quote work day. Like if I have, you know, 30 minutes between a meeting, I'm like oh on the drums. And I always schedule in CrossFit every single day at lunchtime, whether I go or not, it's that time it's blocked out in my calendar because I'm a happier person. When I work out, (laughs) I'm a happier person when I'm focusing on something outside of just work. So that, that is integration. And don't think that, doing these things is taking away from focusing on your business that you, it actually increases your productivity, right? Cause you're like releasing serotonin and like the happy drugs in your body because you're focusing on a really fun thing. And then you go back to work. Right. So like, after this, it's like, I have a couple meetings and like, I did CrossFit this morning. I was so happy doing interviews. It was like so much fun because I'm like, <laughs> Oh, yay. Like I got that out of the way. <laughs> My day's begun. So the integration is like, Look at the things that make you happy, schedule those things in first in your day, and then the rest kind of fills in the blanks.
0: Yeah. I love it so much. I feel like lots of times we try to compartmentalize everything. We're like, okay, now I'm going to be a mom. Now I'm going to be a CEO. Now I'm going to be a wife. Now I'm going to be a this. And it's like, oh my gosh, everything interweaves in such a beautiful way. And that's where the magic happens. Like when the kids are running in and when your spouse <laughs> is doing this, and when you've got a kid on your hip while you're recording a training video and like, that is reality. Mm-hmm. So the more we try and like, keep everything separate the more I think that's why so many people feel so inauthentic is they're trying to put on a front of what they think it should look like what it's supposed to feel like all of the stuff and that's not the reality and then they struggle because they're like crap that's not what's actually going on and I'm trying to portray this but I'm looking like this and I'm feeling like this and that's what leads to burnout exhaustion overwhelm phony this all of the things so I love this just this integration that's beautiful. Like, and it's like there's no other way to do it, honestly. No, it's
1: exhausting if you just can't be yourself. Yeah. Like I I am a six foot tall, goofy, awkward, tell bad dad jokes <laughs> kind of person. And I hid that of me for the longest time. Oh. Now I'm like, you know what? This is just who I am. And you know, if you love it, that's cool. If you're in my circle, hate it, then I'm not for you. And that's okay. Right? What did it be for everyone?
0: <laughs> yeah. What did it take for you to release that kind of that pressure of like showing up a certain way or being afraid of judgment or whatever? It was just way too exhausting.
1: I'm like, why am I doing this for other people? Yeah. Like they don't they don't care. They they don't like me, and I'm not going to change that. Doesn't matter what I do. And but then there are people who are my cheerleaders, and they're like, you go, Renee. Oh, that was a terrible joke, but it made me <laughs> laugh. Or like I've been admiring you from a distance. It's like. Wow. For the, for the few haters that exist, there's like a thousand X more people you're inspiring. Than you don't even know it. So true. And so actually, and on one of my podcasts I interviewed this incredible woman, and she said, if I don't shine my light, it stops others from shining theirs. And I was like, Whoa, right. Like we all have a, a reason to be here. Our purpose or passion. I hope we've all found it. And whatever that is, you have to do that thing because it's going to inspire someone else to do their thing.
0: I love it so much. Oh man. Mm -hmm. I want to pick your brain forever. I feel like you have so much wisdom. Is there anything else, anything else on your heart that maybe you've learned, or you wish you would have known 10 years ago that you want to share with our listeners before we wrap it up? Okay. So definitely health. Um, I don't
1: think we give enough, um, attention to understanding the foods that we're eating, the water that we're drinking, how much, not enough. Like I drink this a day. It's a gallon of water a day. I I
0: have that bottle. Oh no, (laughs) way! I love
1: it. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Um, but really that that's it. And it's like, I know there's a lot of people that don't work out because they they hate it. And it's like, well, then go find something you like that is exercise, but exercise is important. Um, the thing that I failed to recognize is I put, I put too much emphasis on trying to make other people like me. Mm. And I didn't even like myself. I, so inauthentic, that was exhausting. Um, and I think the last thing was it, and it, this is more like, well, it's an example, but just be scrappy, be scrappy. And it's okay to be the new person doing something new. Don't think you have to have a pretty website, beautiful business cards. I mean, I guess it depends what you do, but for Mm -hmm. the most part, it's like only spend what you've made. And I, unfortunately always started the wrong way thinking things had to be perfect and beautiful. They don't, people just want results. That's all they want.
0: I love it. I love that reminder because I do think people they stay stuck because they're stressing about step 18 and it's like, no, just, just take step one, just take, and then take one more and then figure out what step three is like, that's how every successful person has gotten where they are. And Mm -hmm. yet they feel like if they're wanting to start something and they're going to be the newbie and they're going to look a certain way, everybody started there. Mm-hmm. Everyone did. So just remind yourself that when you're feeling those fears and when you're feeling that, like huh, the aches coming up about doing the thing or following your heart or following the tug, just do it because they're more worried about what they look like. They don't care. They don't care. They're not actually judging you. And if they are, you don't want them in your circle anyways. So,
1: and the good first step too, in this is literally looking at yourself in the mirror. So if you follow Mel Robbins at all, she has this thing called the high five habit. Yeah. It's kind of weird, <laughs> but you just look in the mirror and you say, I am the thing that you want to become. Like for me, it's like, I want to compete at the highest level I can. in my first CrossFit competition in the next 12 months. That's so bad. I look in the mirror, I'm like, I'm a CrossFit athlete. And I'm like, Ugh, you're so skinny. It's okay. <laughs> I can figure those out, but I'm a CrossFit athlete or on days where my kids are just like driving me insane. I am a good mother. I'm a great mother. And like pepping yourself up.
2: And that's, it works.
1: So really hard identifying with that, then you're taking the actions to become that. Yeah. That is the first step. And you know what? That's actually hard. That is actually really hard.
0: Yeah. Because you you say the thing and then automatically all of those but I miss I'm not I'm not that, I'm that. like you're but I'm skinny. I'm this. I'm not there yet but I'll figure it out. Yep. And the more you just affirm that I am this, not, I want to be this. I am this. Yep. You go from, I want to be healthy to, I am healthy. The healthy person makes certain choices. Not, like the person trying to be healthy will probably continue to fall into their excuses. Yeah. And that like person saying, difference. I want
1: to be healthy. is healthier yeah, than the person yeah. that literally is in the hospital dying. Absolutely. Right. And so there are there are things you can believe in yourself, even though you might not yet, but the I am thing is like you become what you believe, right? You become yeah. your thoughts.
0: Yeah. I love it. It's so powerful. Okay. Where can they find you? Where can they connect with you? Where can they learn more about what you do? So on Instagram, it's
1: Renee underscore Warren or online at WeWildWomen.com.
0: Awesome. Renee, thank you so much for being on and for hanging out. You guys, if this resonated, if you feel like this helped you, my favorite thing is to hear from you guys. I love when they screen share. So they screen grab their favorite 15 second clip, what spoke to them, what resonated tag me at life on Folsom farm tag Renee at Renee underscore Warren. This really helps us know what hit what connected, what you guys want to hear more of. So share with us, share it with your teammates, with your friends who might need a little pep talk this week to remember how worthy they are of everything they want to go for in life. So thanks again, Renee and y'all, we will see you back here next week.